Welcome to the Yield Podcast. I am Brooke Payne, your host. Together, we are going to create passive income, organically grow your side hustle, meanwhile, being completely submitted to God's leadership throughout the process, because that is how we exponentially grow. Chris Burns, here we are. What up, what up? Let's do it. All right. Tell me who you are. Give us the intro. Um, Yeah, I'm Chris Burns. Um, I have been large in part um, an itinerant minister for the last 12 years. That includes, um, but not limited to, you know, traveling full time, um, making and selling music, though I'm sure we'll get into that. Um, And... um, a mix of living by faith and wise stewardship for, for the last, um, yeah, I'd say probably now 12 years. I'm 33, three children married, uh, going on 11 years. And, um, you know, that's the long and short of it. Yeah. And tell us about, so more recently it's been kind of crazy, but bourbon street revival and tell us kind of like what's going on there. Yeah. So, um, we came out of a season, um, lived in San Francisco for two to three years and came out of that season really broken, hurt, uh, not by anybody, just by the nature of things not looking how we thought they would look like (laughs) God, we, we, we went out and did everything. We were obedient and, uh, we did everything he asked us to do, but then came out of that and the Lord really the whole wilderness season we went into, which is funny because you guys came into our life kind of at the <laughs> lowest point, like literally like yeah. the lowest point we were at, you came into. And uh, it really, it was just funny with this podcast, but it it all really had to do with finances and how we viewed them and what the Lord was trying to teach us. And um but in the midst of that too, believing for revival, believing for things, really just the dream in my heart yeah. for for revival, something that I, I believed in and wanted to see um, for so long um, and almost grew cynical about it in a sense, about the thing that I dreamed of, you know, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But the proverb says that, you know, a promise fulfilled is a tree of life. That's really what Bourbon Street's been. And yeah. so when Bourbon Street broke out, it kind of hit me out of nowhere and without being super spiritual in March of 2018, I was in a low place in my car, like weeping, like God, life is terrible. Nothing's <laughs> happening. What is going on? And I wrote in one of my prayer journals and and the Lord spoke to me so clear, you know, and just said, Hey, like in a year from now, you're going to look up and be amazed at what is happening. And I just wrote that down and forgot about it. And a year to that month, Bourbon Street broke out and it was just promise fulfilled because I'm seeing things I've longed to see for a long time. And that is, you know, the the worst of the worst being saved, God's presence being poured out in a dark, unusual place, yeah. not just church. You know, we wanted to see the Lord move in those other spheres of of culture and society. And now he's, he's doing that. And so Bourbon Street's been happening for a year now. We've obviously been on pause for a while, but it's, you know, I mean, you've been there and seen some of the, the, I mean, you've, you've been there from the beginning. You're, you're absolutely as much of a part of it as anybody, you know, and those moments where, you know, you're, you're, you're 
in this place, in this bar on Bourbon Street. And you have to imagine that this place was a brothel for 80 years and it's called Saints and Sinners. There's a stripper pole downstairs. You know, like there's go-go dancers <laughs> there. It. And literally like there's fortune tellers on the streets and tarot cards and there's booze in the air. And this and the 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 debauchery is palpable. But at the same time, like you're in this bar room and God is showing up. Like he's showing up and, and he's full of mercy and love for people and it's just like almost surreal and overwhelming you know so oh, yeah they're so, so thankful for bourbon street and it's just been like really a promise fulfilled and i remember i talked about leaving san francisco and being blown and being yeah just so messed up and just gnarled out in my heart and to i will never forget i don't know if you were there this time but looking out over this crowd of people in this bar at bourbon street my heart filled with this sense of fulfillment in a way of like you did it this thing that's taken years of our life i'm i'm reaping where i've not sown yeah. but i'm seeing that truly you know you've given me that promise that that our heart dreamed of and man i like wept that it was i think three months into the revival and i'm just weeping so man god is just is faithful it's He's so faithful. awesome and it's literally like i remember leaning over a bar like a bar literally there's a bar where we're worshiping and you know there's music going on and people mm -hmm. are just crazy and like loving god it's the second floor so we're on the top floor and people will hear all this chaos and they have no idea what's going mm -hmm. on so they come up the stairs completely wasted and they're like yeah party and then yeah. we sing jesus and they're confused so these yeah. two individuals came to the back of the bar and she's just crying and i happen to be right on the other side of the bar and I just reached over to her right after we had finished and she just like poured her whole heart out to me. And I'm literally leaning over a bar praying for this woman, just like, so I'm just like, God, what is going on right now? I was just so besides myself to be like, you could do this. Like, yeah, I, I, I mean, don't even know that story. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't even, I've never even yeah. heard, like, this is what happens. Like people tell oh, yeah, stories her, and I'm like, I didn't know that happened. Her cleavage, or, you know, it was right there in my face. And I'm just yeah. like, come on, Jesus, let's go. Yeah. But that's like, that is what. That is what it looks like. That's like, that's church to me. So whatever. But it's anyway. amazing, man. <laughs> but we can go on and on and we yeah. might go back into that story of like how that happened. Cause it's just a crazy story of mm -hmm. how we even got to that point. Um, but also huge, like you, you literally were telling me you tripled your income in the middle of quarantine because of the t-shirt sales for Bourbon Street Revival, yeah, yeah. which is insane. Well, we were going to sell the t-shirts the and, and put all the money into Bourbon Street Revival. And mm -hmm. so we obviously, we, we, we had CDs and we did the whole thing. But, you know, it was, it was all supposed to explode in March for the year anniversary. And we were going to do this big thing and then quarantine and then coronavirus, you know, and the whole thing. So we had to cancel. So now we're looking at not doing Bourbon Street for three months. Okay. going into May. But I was like, man, we had everything set up. We had these television networks coming. We had this guy that had done a big Christian movie going to come and do a documentary on Bourbon Street all in March. And like, and then it, it, it all fell apart. And so then I'm like, what do I do? Like, I have to find a way um, to, to, uh, you know, and I thought, do I hold on to this merchandise, the, the shirts? Cause really I didn't want to do shirts forever. 
side note, I think I held out until I finally couldn't anymore. I was kind of, kind of late to the party, but a lot of people were telling me like, dude, you, you have to do this. As a matter of fact, I went to see a metal band in Nashville, some old friends, and I'm, I'm out of that scene for many, many years, but <laughs> I'm watching. He's like, dude, we make it on the road because we sell t-shirts. <laughs> and I'm like, people literally buy your stupid t-shirts and it actually is profitable. And um, I was just like, dude, if we're going to do something, I'm going to do something I actually like. We're going to do yeah. like bomb shirts. are going to feel good. It's going to be great quality. So anyway, I decided not to hold on to them. We decided to do them online and release these bundles. And yeah, people actually, to my shock, we like sold out twice. So it's it's been that during quarantine that God has given these witty ideas you know, um, and I was talking to a buddy, um, you know, Andy Squires the other day and uh, who is also an artist and makes, has many streams of income being a quote unquote minister, you know, mm-hmm. he has all these streams, but he's like, bro, like at first I felt bad about posting about my merchandise on my, you know, Instagram, but he's like, my friends aren't buying the shirts. Other people are. Yep. So like, I don't care to offend my friends. It would feel friends. weird to sit here. Like I almost wore my Jesus in a bar shirt, but I was like, that would feel weird. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like right. I want to wear it so well, other people can't see it. I must have but better yeah. friends than Andy because my friends actually did buy my shirt. But anyway, <laughs> like I literally just feel, I feel like the Lord's just given so many people creative ways. That's just one thing. You know, right. obviously there's, there's the miracles that have happened. We've not solicited anybody because, you know, to be clear, our income during this has completely dried up. Like you understand, right. like- our bread and butter is we're invited to a place. We don't solicit ourselves. We don't say, hey, we'd like to come. We do not do that. It's us personally. We're invited. A place will say, you know, we're going to take, you know, the love offering, whatever. And that is our source. And we take care of, of course, our band, our other people, whatever, the ministry expenses, all the things that go into that. Um, but that's dried up for three months. So think about no income. And as we sit here currently by the grace and goodness of God, like we're better off, even without that, right. you know, Papa Trump stimulus check, <laughs> we're, we're still like, we're, we haven't gotten that yet. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. um, word up to the IRS, but um, <laughs> like, you know, it's coming. Oh, you got to pay the piper for sure. That's coming. But even without that, we're doing so well. And it's all these streams of, of things happening. And I'm just like, I'm in awe of, of how it's kind of worked out. And I don't know, I know there's people struggling right now, but I feel like the majority of the people I've talked to are like, man, we are doing well. Like Dude, stuff's there is going something, well. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. There is something happening. Like right before quarantine, I had probably seven different friends reach out to me and be like, hey, um, I feel like I have this entrepreneurial dream on my heart. I'm, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to put in my notice. And Several people did that are like, I'm doing really well and there's no explanation for it because people shouldn't be spending money and yet here's the profits from my business or whatever. It's insane. And it's it's gotta be, it's gotta be God for sure. But it's also what you were saying, like really interesting ideas and innovative things, which is what we're called to do. Like we're supposed to bring something different, you know? Yeah, there's different ways. I think that too, the the other thing is understanding that like you we talked about this a bit before the podcast like mm-hmm. building something building in a sense your own ecosystem lack for lack of a better term your own world 
in which to operate where there's, you just, it's like, I remember um, a year and a half ago, no, this was longer, two years ago, a friend calling me and said, you should do a, an e-course. So mm-hmm. of course, again, like I'm, I'm so naturally cynical. <laughs> I'm also, you know, it, like the, the right, I guess one way to say that is I, I'm a, a realist. Maybe that's a nice way of saying you're cynical. I don't know. I'm a realist. I tend to lean towards the way of, yeah, but is anyone actually going to like, so when someone approached me with the e-course, it was the same thing. I was like, dude, no one's got, there's a million e-courses out there. Right. Um, there's a million t-shirts out there. There's a million this out there. But here's the thing. There's only one of me. And mm-hmm. I know that that can sound so cliche, but you have to mine out and find like where you fit. And I don't know that that comes by way of just careful thought and, and, and planning. I think it comes by way of a lot of times trial and error and finding that place of where you fit and then, you know, just executing. So like with the e-course, I didn't want to do it. And he's like, you got something to say. There's people that will I'm telling you, you had to convince me. There's people that want to hear your take on the secret place on, you know, um, prayer and lifestyle yeah. and devotion. I'm like, dude, you ever heard of Mike Bickle? He's got a free <laughs> library right now. You know, no one is in need of that. But I did it. And I spent a lot of time on it. I did the whole thing. And basically, um, it's been crazy because we put out this resource and, you know, we've tweaked some stuff. I don't know how deep you want to go into that, but basically yeah. we tweaked some stuff and dude, I mean, it's been an incredible source of income for our family wow. for like basically the better part of a year now. And, um, I'm sure I annoy people sometimes with it, but every time <laughs> I seemingly think, oh, I'm getting annoying with this, more people are fine. They find out about it yep. and they, they get into it. So there's all these streams that I've had to end my cynicism I've had to murder my cynicism with the faith of stepping out and going, no, someone is going to, someone's going to resonate with this and that this is going to touch someone. And of course it has. Right. You know, but. So walk us through, okay, different streams of income. We'll just get real personal real quick. So obviously like Bourbon Street and the traveling is one, which is basically. Let me clarify, Bourbon Street, you know this. Yeah. A lot of times has has really never been income. It's more been like God says, you take care of my business and I'll take care of yours. Yeah. I mean, seriously, there, yep. I don't know that there's a better way because we leave a lot of times with like 25 bucks in the beer bucket, you know, yeah. and like we're doing worship and it's crazy. And then we leave with like $30 in the Bud Light bucket and you're yep. like, okay. But then I go like, this was my existence for like, dude nine to 10 months is a hard headed, like God was trying to tell me, if you'll just do this, I take care of you. No one else. Like that was the wilderness. I am your provider. I'm going to, I'm going to shut off everything you think gives you money. And I'm going to show you, I give you money. You just do what I tell you to do. And it seems so simple, but man, is it hard, you know, (laughs) like it is so hard. So I would do bourbon street and literally um, we would leave the weekend and I mean, they would be like, well, we got like, you know, 150 bucks. And I'm thinking to myself, like, that's, yeah, that's not going to cut it like at all. And then I get home and boom, you know, two, $3,000 check. Right. From, from somebody. Randos. Right. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, it, it's like, 
this is the thing, God trying to teach me. I remember one time I was talking to Heather, who we do Bourbon Street with, and you know, we're we're leading it. And I'm t- I'm basically moaning and complaining to her about finances. Like, dude, this can't go on. Like, I love the move of God, but my goodness, mm-hmm. the Lord has to. And she's like, Well, he's taking care of us yet up to this point. And as I'm complaining to her, on my phone, it pops up a notification. We just been given like a few thousand dollars to our PayPal by some random like <laughs> benefactor that just is just out of, you know, whether by the word of the Lord or whatever, they're just giving. And I'm I'm sitting there complaining and the Lord's like, I am, <laughs> I'm financing this, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, I cannot, I, I have no more excuses I to, to like live that way, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so Bourbon Street, so there's traveling and there's the online music and then there's selling of physical merchandise and then there's, you know, e-courses and then there's, the Lord showing up with like mailbox money, literally, yeah. you know, um, and I'm giving money away. I'm giving money to people that I don't even like. Mm, talk about that. Yeah. Because- I'm giving money to people I don't even want to give money to actually recently because we've given more in this quarantine. So let that, let the record show we are giving a lot in this season and, um, we're just being extravagant. Um, but dude, yeah, the Lord was like, uh, I, I we received a large, a large donation, and um, and let me be clear too, you know, there's a lot of hands in this. You know, there's there's the ministry that has money. Then there's we're provided for, uh, you know, by the ministry. So yeah. stuff comes off of that. So it's all in different little little pots. But when we're given a big gift, we're like the first reaction is like we want to give. Like what yeah. do we give from this? And Lord, what, this is yours. So what do you want us to do with it? Yeah. And the Lord's like, give to this, this certain person. And I was just like, really? Like, oh, like, but Lord, like you, you know, this person I do too. Like, really? You want me? And the Lord's like, yep. Like you're going to give a a very extravagant gift. And so we did never heard, you know, from them and probably never will. But at the same time, the Lord, his word was on it. And so we're just like, thanks, Lord. You know what I mean? Like, just keep <laughs> died a coming. little, died keep a little coming. death today. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. And so, with like the streams of income, one of those is music, and we were talking a little bit about it before. But like, as an artist, like outside of the worship, whatever, just like as an artist, you've lived out. You know, making money from music was like one of your main incomes, and mm-hmm. then like streaming came along and literally like murdered that. Crushed it. <laughs> Yeah, so like it. talk about like how you like how you've walked that out and what you've done to like kind of I don't know whatever you've done. Well everybody's coming into the game, the music business game in a different way and um some by accident, some on purpose and in different phases. You know, I know guys that are old school cats that are very very successful like um you know some of these Nashville guys that we know that are legends, they're in the whole country music hall of fame, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And I won't name names, but you know, some of these guys that came up in the seventies and eighties and nineties, I mean, dude, those were the days when like, I don't know even for our age discrepancy, if you remember going to Walmart and buying CDs. Oh yeah. You know, like yeah. I remember like buying physical CDs from on cue and like Sam Goody, like some of these yeah. places, and like that, 
those days of buying music. So when I came in, I think my first album was released in 2012. And if you even think about that, like, so eight years of doing records, well, even in 2012, it was still in a way where people were buying music, right? So you had to, a lot of people bought CDs. So if I printed off a thousand CDs on my CD release night, I would guarantee I'm going to sell probably um, at 10 or 15 a pop. I'm going to buy a thousand CDs. It's going to cost me about 1200 bucks and I'm going to sell probably five to 600 of those the first night. Wow. So I'm going to make back, you know, six, seven grand. I'm going to pay off what I paid almost for the record. And that was just the way it is. And then online, you're going to see another huge wave of everyone's buying off iTunes, right? So I would say this, man, I feel like I kind of came in at the end of those glory days because up until that point, even still streaming, people did still rip music. Mm -hmm. But in my field, quote unquote, at least, people were still buying it. They're Christians. You know? so they yeah, they're going to buy it. They're not going to steal just yet. Just yet. And um, <laughs> so, I mean, I came in at the end, dude. I mean, I didn't know what I had. I didn't realize that like we would do, these are very personal numbers, but I don't really care because the, the fact is, is it's really still chump change in, to a lot of people. You know, it's, it's all perspective, but like for us, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going out on the road three to four weekends, sometimes four, but I'm going out on the road. I'm going to physically make, sell CDs and merch and all that and make, uh, you know, maybe 4,000 a month from that. And then online, we were consistently doing 18 to hundred to $2,000 a month wow. online sales. So I'm thinking that for some people, 6K, five to 6K a month is, you know, I mean, it's taxable, taxable, but still it's like, that's not bad. Then plus any love offerings that came and yeah. so forth and so on. I didn't realize what I had. So all of a sudden, and I think 2016, 2017 streaming just exploded because Apple Music and then mm -hmm. Spotify had already been on the train for a little bit, but then more people got on it. And I watched our online sales dive bomb. And at the same time, I started taking CDs. We would we'd go to the merch table after the event, you know, and people are like, my guys are like, dude, you like we sold like two CDs. And I'm like, what's the deal? Like, have we what's been that? here? What's going on? And we just noticed. People don't buy freaking CDs anymore. Nope. Then I realize I don't buy CDs anymore. Uh -huh. And then I start thinking, wait a minute, I stream my music. Now I pay, but I stream Same. whatever. So it's like, now it's just the norm. Now you have your indie hipster kids that are going to buy your vinyl record and they're going to be, and I've met them, and you know who you are. And they're like, well, I don't stream music. I only buy. And to you, I say, well done, sir. Enjoy because, your yeah, four CDs. Yeah, like you're going to, you're going to. And if you buy my, there are some people who buy my music and to them, I say, thank you. You put dinner on the table tonight. Seriously. You stream the music, whatever. The idea though is wherever you came into the game, do you adapt or do you just go back? Some of these Nashville guys, for instance, or who came from the days of selling CDs are like, we're losing money. So they're fighting a losing battle. Yeah. They're trying to sell CDs and everyone's going, we don't care. Or the kids coming in now are going, streaming is just the norm. And then you got guys like Chance the Rapper who are going, winning Grammys and going platinum by just streaming, never selling a single record. And how is he making it? He's on the road. He's selling merch. Da, 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 da. So 
I just think for me, I have to adapt. So what we did is we, you know, first of all, we, we didn't order the CDs. We made it available on streaming. We, we, we obviously have tried to build that back up and we've done that through various ways. Um, some through like, you know, advertising to your own people. Mm-hmm. Like nowadays you can't even like, you, you can't, you don't just run ads for new people. Right. You 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 have to actually run ads just for your followers to see your stuff. I don't know if you knew that. Oh yeah. But like so if I have 10,000 followers on Facebook or you know 14,000 on Instagram, well just because I post my new album doesn't mean they're going to hear about it. And I had to learn the hard way of like going to places and I'm at a church with great friends, let's say in I was in Texas this one time and they're great friends of ours and they go I go, hey, what do you think of the new record? They go, we didn't even know you put one out. Yeah. You know what I mean? They don't even know. So you have to literally, so it's not that expensive, but like for this new record, we're paying like five bucks a day mm-hmm. just to let our own followers, people that love and follow and want to see what we're doing, just to show them to make sure they're seeing it. Yeah. And um, it's been hugely beneficial. You that's know? brilliant. Yeah. And I think that's something that we do need to hear because I just think that's important for people to know that you yeah. do have to advertise because I felt that I've had, you know, my own dad, bless his heart. I said, dad, have you listened to my podcast? And he goes, what, what's a podcast? He didn't yeah. even know I had a podcast. Yeah. And this is Your like last yeah. month. Um, And it's like, you want to be offended. You want to be like jealous for other people doing their yeah. thing. But like, how, how do you navigate that as a Christian man who's also a artist in doing like e-courses and t-shirts? Like, how do you navigate just not trying to be jealous or, or what does that look like? Well, I'm tethering myself to the word. Simple cliche answer, but I'm tethering <laughs> myself to the word. That means I'm tempering all of my emotions and feelings as best as I can through the lens and filter of the word. I'm trying to do what I've been called to do to the best of my ability. I, you know, there are, so it's funny because I don't want to blow the lid off of things, but it's funny. Like sometimes you'll see people on Facebook or Instagram go, Hey, what's the, what's your favorite worship song right now? Mm -hmm. What worship are you listening to? You know? (laughs) So what's funny. Yeah. So what's funny is like, for me, a lot of times when I look at those, it's it's what people are listening to. There's a strange correlation between the music they listen to um, and the amount of money spent behind the music they're listening to for marketing. It's not an accident. And I'm not saying we're all sheep because I know that for a fact, like, you know, um, I've discovered a lot of great music because it was marketed to me and I just love the music. So who cares, you know? Mm-hmm. But... Like, I know I can't compete with, um, and nor would I want to, um, with, say, if you're a Bethel music artist, you're guaranteed there's going to be so much, exorbitant amounts of money that they have, by the way, more power to them to to put their music out. So they're, you know, you know, when people are saying, I'm listening to this, it's like, well, the most anointed music or the best music doesn't naturally mean it's going to rise to the top. The best podcast isn't guaranteed to be heard. This is a set, a hard truth that we don't understand. Like Mm -hmm. we, we think so romantically sometimes about it where we go, dude, if it's good music, it'll rise to the top. If it's the best podcast with the best content, it'll rise. That can be partially true, 
but there is the there is still this idea that like man you have to be shrewd you have to be wise as a serpent innocent as a dove that means your heart is pure but you are tactfully and in wisdom going about doing what what you're called to do. Can God breathe on something? Yeah, man, like something can be an overnight success. Something can go viral. But like I've learned that people are listening to, have you heard this new music by so-and-so? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I've now, I have so many friends in the industry, behind the scenes in the business. I've learned through the years that, you know, the reason you heard about that was because of lots of money and clever marketing. Is it good? Yeah, it can be good, but there's that behind it. And so I have to do what I can do. So dude, what I do is I don't try to compete with that. I don't have, you know, a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars to put behind marketing. So I'm going to get my people. I'm going to spend five measly bucks a day to tell my fans, quote unquote, or the Mm -hmm. people who follow me, who I've impacted. I'm thinking I don't have a lot. I have 13,000, let's say on Instagram, but my thought is if I can galvanize that at least half of them, dude, I don't need much more because, you know, I sold 300 CDs and shirts before um, because I I told those people I've got 6,000, maybe half of the people that follow me are listening to the album constantly. Yeah. And so these are the things and then they're going to come out and then God is going to speak to them uh, when, when I come in and minister in person and it, they're going to, they're going to bless, you yeah. know, they're going to pour out because we've poured out and so on and so forth. So there's all these different streams. And for me, I'm like, I don't need, it's, it's the principle of the word. I don't need a lot. I don't need quantity as much as I need the quality. Right. All through the kingdom teaching, the Bible, the the heart of God through Old Testament, New Testament, whatever, it's always been quality over quantity. And um, sometimes I think we believe the lie that we need like more. And I found that to be untrue. Okay. I don't need any. Like I'm, I'm sitting where I'm sitting right now, fi- even financially, I'm going, I don't even know what to do sometimes with, with like, I'm, 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 I have the fear of the Lord about, okay, where do we give? Like, I have no needs. I have more than enough. So I'm, my biggest issue right now is where do I sow? Where do I give? Where do I, and, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I can't imagine. I mean, we could always use more, I guess, but the, <laughs> the, the, the whole thing is like, dude, we're doing so good. And I'm finding the principle to be true that if I have quality people, that means they are going to, they're going to invest financially and what I put out, they're going to listen, they're going to eat it up, they're going to be all in. That is more powerful, it's more sustainable, Mm -hmm. and it's actually, I found it, whether you're talking financially or anyway, it's better all the way around than to have a lot Cause see, for instance, I don't know how much of this will be cut or leave, but I'll just go ahead and say it. But like a lot of the people that you attach yourself to, let's say a larger label or a larger thing, or a, you're going to get that instant success, Mm -hmm. right? If like Joe Rogan's podcast calls out yield podcast, right? Like Arnold Women says, have you heard this new pod? You're instantly going to explode. And it could be really great. It could. But you're still not going to have sustainability if you haven't carved out your space 
and where you fit. And um, I have found that like, even with this new record I just released, you know, it doesn't fit. It's not going to get put on any of the playlists. I mean, if it does, great. But it's probably not. Like there's a right. fiddle, dude. You know yeah. what I mean? It says the record's called Jesus in a Bar. It sounds like a bad joke or like some heretical, like crazy cult. Like it just doesn't sound good. I did that almost because I just, I'm this record, I say it halfway facetiously, but I'm just banking on like, a lot of rednecks and hillbillies who love Jesus to hear this and hear that fiddle and say, I've been waiting for this. Yes. You know? Cause a lot of people aren't going to hear this music and go, wow, this is just right up my alley. No, it's not like it's me. It's got a rawness. It's got edge to it. It's there's a fiddle. I'm, it's kind of Southern rootsy rock, you know, honky tonk, almost hillbilly, whatever in some of the sounds. But I know this, the people that have messaged me, they don't just like it. Oh, they absolutely love it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So they're going to like, they're, 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 they're my people and I'm their people. Yeah. I'm writing for them in a sense. Yeah, I'm writing for the Lord and for myself, but they're my people. Yeah. That dude, and I, it's funny, no one tries to cover these songs but hillbillies. Yep. It's amazing. I see people in West Virginia Kentucky and all these places like I mean I I know that a lot of people like the music all over but it's like these guys are covering my songs I'm like dude you're my tribe like you're yep. my people you who listen to you know the the Hank Williams and 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 you love you know all this other and and Chris Stapleton or whatever you're my people because you're going to be with me in the long haul you're going to you're going to follow this work through more than if I just get a song on a playlist or I attach my wagon to the big time label or the big time thing. You know what I'm saying? So I found so much more joy mm-hmm. and sustainability to be authentically who I can be, carve out that place of, of, of who I am, what I do and do it consistently and, and, you know, just through the long haul. And what does that look like practically? Cause what we're kind of talking about is like, niche or niche or however you want to say it but like what is that practically I mean you said the five dollars a day finding your people but like that's what I'm trying to do right now is figure out we were just talking about this like it's kind of an eclectic crew as far as guests go Mm -hmm. and it's like okay I want it to be entrepreneurial but I also want to like influence dreamers that might not like be inside of a church um but still be able to pray and let them feel God so like for me like what would you say what do I need to start doing or like how do I need to define my niche or like like practically, like mm-hmm. obviously you pray, you spend time with the Lord, you figure that out. But yeah. like practically executing like Yeah, you can't forget. That's an amazing question. I, I feel like when you ask a question like that, there's so many people that are like young dreamers coming up that are like, yeah, what are some practice? Because we love and we understand the spiritual aspect and you can never like leave that. Like this morning, I'm sitting in this office, yeah. praying, reading, going. Lord, like it's all about the heart. It's all about you. Like for me, I know from where my help comes from. Like at the end of it all, um, you know, I wrestled and wrestled and wrestled over this last album we just put out um, over. I had well-meaning best friends be like, dude, you're not going to make a dent on this album if you don't put 50K into marketing. You need at least 50K. And that's low. That's low. Do you understand? Like people just, they just don't get it. They're like, I love this new worship record. And it's like, that's awesome. You do understand though, that 
they paid so much money for you to just hear about it. Mm-hmm. Like, so I didn't have that. So I had to just lean on Lord, confound the wisdom of the wise. Do with this what you will. I'm going to do, but I'm also going to be practical. And yeah. that's what you just said. Like, so the practicality that a lot of people don't get is that, okay, so you're going to spend $5 a day on ads, but guess what? I didn't just, I didn't just do the Facebook, like boost this post. <laughs> that is a way. Here's what that means. That is clicking a button to say, I'm just going to give you 50 bucks because it's really it's not, not going worth anywhere. it. So what did I do? I had to literally research and figure out how to master Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. So I paid thousands of dollars to take a course, as you already well know, I think I've talked to you about it before, to learn how to do it. Mm -hmm. And I learned. And guess what? It works. And the whole idea, the the beauty of your question about like, what are the practical things like that I can do? um, I think you have, there is a way of breaking down your your people are out there. Your tribe is out there. The people who resonate with your message, your sound, your 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 dream, your vision—they're there. Mm-hmm. They're really there, mm-hmm. and they're actually looking for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that I needed to hear that again. I had to be convinced of that with the e course. And when I did the e course specifically, let's just talk about that. Like when I did the e course, I had to distill my message to the most basic, simple point. I, and I had to distill it. So I went through a process and I, and I, again, I paid $1,200 to an expert, to a person who happened also be a friend, lead me through. And I had to do these boring sheets, like feel like you're in college again or mm-hmm. something where you're like, okay, let's break this down. What is your message? Now, how would you break that down? Now, who are you trying to, and I distilled it, distilled it, distilled mm-hmm. it, distilled it until I had this pure distill it, if you will, of, of a message of the, in its most pure form. And then I was able to find my, find those people. Like, who am I trying to reach? Um, same thing with the music. So when you're doing advertising, it sounds, and for the super spiritual people, it's highly offensive. <laughs> You know what I mean? Sorry. It really is. Like, right. it's really offensive to say, oh, you have to do ads. Yeah, bozo. Because if I don't do, if I don't pay just five measly bucks a day to tell my own fans that I have new music out, then what am I doing? And this is the nature of, of the game. I'm I'm like playing the lowest common denominator card here. I'm not even like spending two or 3,000 on letting people know I have an album out, whatever, and playing the game. I'm just like, Hey, I just want people who already follow me to actually know. And right. the way social media works, you have to pay to let the people who follow you actually know. Yeah. Um, and that could be almost another e-course, quite frankly, teaching yeah. people how to do ads and stuff. Um, but yeah, like if you're wanting to do that, you really do have to find your people. One of the cool things about doing ads that's actually really self-informing is when you're finding the demographic of people, you're mm-hmm. actually breaking down all the little niches of like, okay, so like what I would do is I would say my first pr- priority is I want to find my fans. So anyone who's liked me or followed me, we're going to target them. Yep. Then I got to go in and go, okay, who is... um. I want them to listen to Apple Music and Spotify and they can, which by the way, 
this is freaky, but it tells that like these yeah. people are avidly li- listening and streaming music, which involves a lot. And then I'm breaking it down. I'm going, who do I think is going to hear my, if I was advertising, let's say even to new people, who do I think is going to hear this music and resonate with it? So I'm going, well, what artists do I resonate with and who do I want to reach? I don't want to just reach Christians. I want to reach people that are going to the Chris Stapleton concert. So I'm going to call Chris Stapleton now and I'm going to find this person. And you're bringing that together. And then of course the ad is showing it is showing to those people. What's self-informing about that is you're able to then learn like, like these are my people. These are the people I'm going after. These are who I'm going to tell about what I'm doing. And then my job is then to release good content. And that's very like introspective too, to be like, who do I relate with? And what do I say? Like, okay, your music does sound like, like that's how I'll describe Chris Burns. It's like the prophetic Chris Stapleton. Yeah. Like, cause you do the runs and you have the country vibe, but it's also like Jesus. Um, but it's like, how do I figure out who am I? What do I like? What do I listen to? What books do I read? And part of like figuring out what is yield or who am I was, okay, what books do I read? Well, anybody that's reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad will probably be interested, especially if they're a Christian. So you start to break that down. Mm-hmm. And I've heard different conversations of like, oh, you want to niche down to like, you know, the people that are interested in investments and prophetic worship and you know, blogs or whatever. And so you're like down to the thousands and you were talking about like the thousand follower. Yeah. And you kind of went into that, but like, was there anything you wanted to add about? Well, some people change the number. Some people believe that in speaking, it doesn't just mean artists or Mm -hmm. creative musicians, whatever. This is, is probably a blanket general type of thing, but it, it goes in line with basically the principle that, you know, again, it's quality over quantity. Um, I don't want to have a million people listen to my song once. I'd rather have a thousand people listen to my song five times a day for the next five years. It's going to lead to more than yeah. if I have, you see what I mean? Yeah. So I think, you know, finding out who are those people that are just rabid about what you're doing and, and going with that. The beauty of that is you're able to be completely authentic and um, and at least in that season, I mean, obviously we change as people, we grow, but the hope is that you're, you're finding your people and your people are tracking with you and they want the content that you have to give. Um, I think we could segue into like content fatigue and like feeling like we always have to deliver that's a whole nother thing because I know that the general rule would tell you that like, you've got to pound at home, pound at home, like constantly and social media and the algorithms, they reward consistency. They really do. Which is a word. they, they, They reward consistency. It's almost like social media is like a party. And if you show up all the time and make your presence known and, and you're putting yourself out there a lot, you're naturally going to rise up the ranks. And I've been in seasons where I was challenged by a friend who's really into social media in terms of he is like, you know, he's got 250,000 followers and he's, his content is like, it's like a machine, man. Mm -hmm. And he's even recycling content. But the thing is, is that new people are seeing it every day. So it's funny because you, you have to ask yourself, what am I called to do? Like, I know I'm not called to that level. 
But he challenged me. He was like, dude, do social media, for instance, consistently do two to three posts a day for two months. I did. My follower count exploded. Like numbers. Oh, like it, it went from like, you got to understand from the time I started doing that, I think I had like 8,000 Instagram followers. I did it for two months and I got to like 11,000. I, I crossed that bump, like 3,000 followers in a few months, but I wasn't doing anything. There was no trick, no trickery, no sleight of hand, no nothing. It right. was just, I was just doing content playing the game in the right way, if you will. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I was, I was putting out my heart, my content. What ended up happening to me is I feel like I got what I would call like content fatigue. I started to get to sicken and tire even of myself putting out content and I knew it wasn't sustainable. Right. So I go on, on binges. Like sometimes I'm like, man, I'm in it. I'm whatever. And then other times I'm hidden. You might see me post four times, you know, uh, a day for four days. And then I go black for a week because I, I personally have to do that. Now I know the algorithms don't reward that. And could I be better and more consistent in a healthy way? Maybe I haven't figured out that rhythm yet. To be honest, I haven't figured out the rhythm. I do know this. I do know that I found my people though, Mm -hmm. after 12 years and this shifts and changes too. It grows, it shifts, it changes. It's ever fluid. So you can't just say, well, I found that I'm going to camp out here. No, that doesn't work because you're changing, you're growing and, and people are growing. You're going to get new people along the way. But the point is, is like for right now, I knew um, for me, for instance, I know the people I'm reaching and I know um, and I know the content I need to put out in order to like, it's not contrived. You right. know what I mean? I'm not going like it's who I am. And let me say this, if you have other passions or hobbies, like I have other Instagram accounts that no one, they're not, they're not, they're not like bad things or anything, but you know, they're just like, I have other things like, you know, we do like hobby accounts. Like if you want to do other things, but when it comes to like what I'm doing with, with my life's calling and all of that, um, I'm finding those people and I'm not going to like, I'm going to be myself. I'm going to be transparent and be as open as whatever, but I'm going to, I'm going to, for lack of a better term, like appeal to that. Right. But it's not a bad way and I'm not selling out. In fact, I'm more free, I think, than most people in that because I get to put out the music, the content, everything that I want. And I'm not being filtered by or hampered by, you know, having some huge umbrella thing. Like I've chosen to be an independent artist and I get the good and the bad that goes with that. I have to do all the work, but I also get to keep all the income. You (laughs) know what I'm saying? Like I had a, I've had the labels. We've talked to the labels. Most of them are vultures. I'll say that on record. (laughs) Like most of these Nashville Christian labels are vultures. They want low hanging fruit. They want to find the person who has already a little bit of steam behind them. They want to make them feel good, stroke their ego, Mm -hmm. and then offer them a crap deal where they're taking like so much percentage of their music and then the yeah we'll get you on the playlist and you'll get a million plays but truthfully you're not going to ever see that money the playlists are all bought now by the labels like now you know 
Capitol Records has the top five spots and then Integrity is going to have some spots and blah, blah, blah. And I'm calling out names gun blazing right now. But I'm just saying, like, nothing wrong with you, nothing wrong with no. them, whatever. They're they're playing their game, man. They're going for it. But at the end of the day, it's all about money. They're not hitching their wagon to Jesus in a bar because it's not safe. Right. And so as an independent artist, like, I'm getting all of what's coming, but I'm also... I'm in control. And that's just my thing. A lot of people might not flow that way. A lot of people like being on the record labels and and having to bust out a hundred songs a month and play the game and let someone tell them they, they can do that because they still feel uh, um, authentic doing that. They don't feel convicted right. doing that. And that is where I, I just say the line is, is like some people can pay, you know, $200,000 in marketing and they, they it doesn't affect their conscience. Anything you don't do from faith is sin. So if, right. you, if you feel conviction, don't roll with it. That was me on social. Like sometimes I feel like, hmm, I just read the word. God spoke to me. And in the past, I've done this. I prostituted his word mm. so that I could get content. Wow. And the Lord was like, you're hurting my heart over that. Ooh. And I don't want you to. And like, how would you feel? And I've even posted about this revelation. <laughs> like, how would you feel if. Because it's I'm living to my own standard. I'm trying to of like, you know, I've got to follow my convictions. I've got to be true to who I am. And within the circle of the will of God for my life, in that, like Paul told the Romans, I, I wish to come to you in the will of God. So basically, somewhere in the will of God, I'm going to figure this out. And I think that's what, as an artist, as a creative, as an entrepreneur, a business person, as a believer, you're trying to figure out inside of that will of God is a space. I don't think the will of God is always just this line linear thing. I think the will of God a lot of time leaves room for our own choices. Yeah. Like you could do it this way or you could do it that way. Um, You know, people that want to believe that God tells them what color shirt to wear every morning. I don't believe that. <laughs> I think the Lord's like, what do you want to wear? Right. Like, you know, you know, within reason, sure. what do you want to wear today? <laughs> within something we lack in the body of Christ is common sense. Like within reason, right. what do you see in the will? And so and for me, that's been the dance. It's been the wrestle. That's been the, the tension. It's what can I do inside of the will of God for my life to, to do the best I can? And you're always pushing and pulling that and seeing what feels good and what doesn't, you know? Right. Thank you for listening. Please feel free to share this episode and come follow me at Brooke A. Payne. That's Brooke with an E, A-P-A-Y-N-E on Instagram and Facebook. And all of our resources are in my bio. Thank you guys so much. It means so much to me that you're listening.